This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today we have a top manager. His name's Justin Elliott. He's a portfolio manager with Caldwell Investments. He's going to go over dividend growth strategies, which is a bit, bit different than investing in you know big-paying dividend stocks. Plus, his fund has a feature called Momentum, too, so he's looking for companies that are currently doing very well. So that's a yeah, added feature that you're going to want to hear about. And the part two, we're going to be talking about, you know, our four-step process to building cash flow portfolios. And there's four M's that you have to know. So if you want to know what those four M's are all about, stay tuned. And we'll be talking about it a little bit later. But first, um, we had a virtual workshop uh, last week and it was about estate planning. So if you'd like to get the notes from that, our uh, trust advisor, Manish Gasrani, was with, with us. And he did a tremendous job on uh, putting together the presentation. So if you'd like to get the notes on that. And he was talking mostly about um, will planning, powers of attorney, uh, agent for executor, how to choose an executor, all of those things that are important to a lot of you. If you'd like to get the notes again, just give Dominique a call. She hasn't prepared already. It's one 891 2637. So what are the four M's to building a cash flow process when you're retired? Stay right there. I'm going to explain it all to you. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Prime Time back you're listening to Richard Infantino on primetime money are you retired or are you nearing retirement uh, this week I have another great guide it's called the income map so it's understanding retirement income options and we have what's called a four-step process to building cash flow portfolios so here's what you need to know determine your target cash flow so that's the amount that I need every month that's just the dollar value number two determine the asset class account allocation so that refers to how do I lay out my account in terms of how much do I have in fixed and bonds and GICs and how much do I have in equity and dividend funds. And we're going to talk to Justin Elliott later on in the show about one of the ones that could fit in there or dividend stocks that you would put in that allocation. Number three is choosing the appropriate distribution. So how do we draw the money from these different types of investments and send you out a distribution and then be the most tax effective way to do that distribution. And then choosing the right products, of course, like what are the best stocks that you should be buying now? What are the best Canadian, U.S., European funds, ETFs? How do you put those all together in a, in a process? So I have a guide that goes over those four steps. And it's always available for you, um, you know, on our show, of course, it's going to be free. So um, all you got to do is give Dominic a call. It's one 891 37. Okay, let's get back to the map here, and I'll talk a little bit about those uh, for a minute here. So it's called the four M's that fit in with uh, the whole process that we're talking about, these four steps. So the first one is you want to maximize your cash flow. So that's the M, maximize. So 
you want to concentrate. So once you're retired, you're going a little bit away from growth. You're going more into income-producing assets. So what gives me income? What kinds of investments pay me the income? And then what investments pay me the most regular income? You know, this year we've been buying clients GICs, but what kind of GICs? We bought them monthly paid GICs. Because they pay, instead of waiting a year to get your interest, you get it every month. And when you're retired, now I have that coming in and it's paying me on a monthly basis. Number two is you have to know what account to draw from. Okay, so we want to minimize taxes. So if you're a high tax earner and you you have GICs and bonds, you want those inside of your RIF account or your tax-free savings account, and you want more dividend income in your, your open investment account. So minimizing taxes is the number two of the M's. Number three is to minimize the drawdowns. So you want to look at putting together a portfolio that's going to meet your number. So say, for instance, you need 6% from your investments. Okay, how do we make the 6% without drawing from the principal? You want to keep your principal because it gives you a lot more flexibility later in life when you may have some big costs, but it also provides you for an estate, too, if you want to provide an estate for your family. Number four is maintain your purchasing power. So we need companies that grow their dividends and companies that grow in value. It's just like um, if I can get a company that pays me a 4% dividend and grows it every year by 5 or 6%, that dividend alone is going to keep up with inflation. It also is going to be able to provide me, when I have it in a RIF account, it's going to provide me, because each year I have to take a little bit more out, it'll provide me with a situation there where I can keep pace with my minimum withdrawals. Again, not drawing down my overall principal. So the focus of what we do and what we've been doing with our clients for the last 30 years with uh, my, my team is kind of focusing on all of those four M's and then maintaining our purchasing power and maintaining our account. So if you'd like to get that guide, it's called the income map. That's what we call it. And it, you, all you have to do is give Dominic a call now or you can do it after the show at one 891 2637 That's one 891 2637 for the four M's retirement guide called our income map. Okay, stay right there because we're coming back. We're going to be talking with Justin Elliott. He's going to give us some ideas on dividend stocks that you can put inside of that portfolio. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Prime Time Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And joining us now is Justin Elliott. He's a portfolio manager with Caldwell Investments. Hey, good morning, Justin. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day today to uh, join us here on the show. Morning, Richard. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, We wanted to have you on today. We were talking about um, this handout and this uh, process that I have. It's called the four M's of retirement income. And uh, that whole notion has to tie in with, uh, you know, setting up accounts and putting together portfolios that, of course, when you're in retirement, that, uh, you know, give you a basically an income kind of a plan. So your fund that you manage at the Caldwell U.S. Dividend Advantage Fund is kind of set up for that. But, you know, there's a, a different kind of a notion when you're dealing with dividend stocks and uh, compared to um, different types of stocks. And then when you're looking at dividend stocks and paying a high dividend compared to dividend growers, I, I think the first thing is, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, how dividend stocks have done so far this year. You know, you had a market where, you know, technology and the big tech names kind of been leading the way and getting all the news, but dividend stocks have been kind of lagging here. So how do you, how do you see things this year so far and how do you see them going into the rest of the year? 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very interesting market so far here in 2023, and I think generally it's been a tough start. Um, to your point, the entire performance of the S and P has really been driven by about 10 names, and a lot of those do tend to be uh, the mega cap tech names. Um, for the rest of the market, you know, the breadth was very shallow, uh, and you didn't really see a lot of that participation. I think that, um, you know, dividend stocks within that had tended to be uh, out of favor, and there was kind of a rotation back into more uh, growthy names, if you want to call them that. Um, but I think we're starting to see, you know, as we come into the second half here, uh, we're a little more optimistic that uh, that breadth will kind of expand. And we are seeing still strong results from um, sectors like industrials, consumer discretionary, uh, even the material sector. So we think the outlook uh, is going to get a little bit better from here. But I think it, we're just kind of playing a little bit of catch up for some of those dividend payers in the stocks that didn't necessarily rally as hard as uh, some of the tech names earlier in the year. Well, that's good news because we have, um, you know, there's lots of people out there with money to invest. So it gives them an opportunity here to get in at a, at a decent price here and it and a decent, uh, you know, dividend rate. Now, um, I want to talk about the notion, like yesterday we had a presentation, we talked a little bit about the notion of total return. And I know a lot of the listeners out there are interested and they see a big, fat, juicy, you know, 5 and 6% dividend and they think that's the thing to chase after. But what you guys deal with and what we deal with a lot is what's called dividend growers where you get, you're looking at total return. Explain that whole notion and, uh, you know, the merits of di- investing in companies that are called dividend growth companies. Yeah, sure. Uh, And I think in a lot of cases, the higher yield that you see on some of those names does tend to be attractive, but you do really have to think about the capital appreciation part of it, too. And so when we do our research and we looked at uh, the U.S. over the last 50 years, you find that the annualized rate of return for dividend growers as a group um, was more than twice as large as those non-dividend paying companies. And the outperformance of those dividend growers as well was pretty consistent across uh, a variety, really, of economic environments. And there's kind of two reasons for this. So first is that the dividend growers tend to be industry leaders. Um, and so they're benefiting from their underlying market growth, uh, but they're also taking market share within that industry. Um, and dividend growers also have very strong management teams. They're usually more focused on disciplined capital allocation. And so... What that tends to mean is that you've got these higher quality companies um, that are focused really on the sustainability of that dividend and growing that over time, um, but that are benefiting from becoming stronger players in that industry. And so basically you've got that, uh, you know, that that kind of base dividend growth. um, And then, you know, in more negative environments as well, that dividend growth can offset some of the, you know, potentially weaker capital appreciation that you might see during that period. But again, I think that's the aspect of the stronger management teams, the more disciplined capital allocation combined with those market leaders over time tends to lead to a greater total return. Yeah, that's that's the whole focus at the end of the day is what's the total amount of money I've made from from this uh, investment in these kind of companies. Um, you know, your, the, the fund that you manage is called Caldwell U.S. Dividend Advantage Fund. And you, it's a little bit different than most of the dividend funds out there that people would look at. Now, you guys have, uh, and the reason we wanted to have you come on today is you, you guys incorporate what's called uh, like a momentum approach. Explain how you do that and what, what's inside of your fund. Yeah, sure. So uh, the Caldwell U.S. Dividend Advantage Fund, it is a unique approach that combines uh, momentum investing with a bottom-up fundamental analysis. And we're really kind of taking what we've done in our award-winning uh, Canadian value momentum strategy 
and applying that to uh, more overlooked U.S. dividend payers. So on the momentum side, that's really a key factor in our decision-making process, and that kind of drives our model um, and our screening. And what we're looking for is companies that are undergoing a positive re-rating. And so that means that something good is happening at the company. Uh, The market is starting to recognize that. And then in our research, we're judging uh, the sustainability of those drivers, and we're making sure that those can continue to play out over time. Um, And so that's kind of the the momentum aspect of the strategy. But aside from that, it tends to be a more concentrated portfolio. So we're holding anywhere from 20 to 25 stocks usually, and much more of a a mid-cap focus there. Um, it's also, you know, very high active share and high turnover, um, and that's something that we stand behind. What we noticed uh, over the pandemic, for example, compared to a, a more uh, regular dividend fund, is that a lot of those those funds didn't turn over um, companies that were either cutting or suspending their dividends. And so, essentially, you could have, uh, you know, non-dividend payers in a dividend fund. So, we're really uh, on top of the research there, and we're making sure that. Um, you know, the thesis is playing out and that we are holding, in fact, dividend payers uh, and consistent dividend growers. And so we're not really aware of uh, any other funds on the market that offer that combination of, of um, momentum and bottom-up fundamental analysis. And so we think it's a, a great addition to people's portfolios. Yeah, for sure. Because if you have, you know, companies, these great companies, you've been holding on to them for a long time. So you want somebody to do something a little bit different for you. And if you have the whole market, you know, a lot of these, and it gives it a bad name, you get a lot of these these funds out there that have, you know, two and 300 names. And, you know, the losers bring down all the winners and really don't get anything out of that, that type of an investment. Right, uh, right. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about a couple of companies that you like now. Uh, Justin, let's uh, see what you have inside of that portfolio. Sure. Um, so a name we really like is Costco. And I think a lot of people, you know, interact with Costco on a regular basis. But... Um, they've seen a really strong run of consistent sales and traffic growth, despite lapping uh, a very big surge in demand through COVID. And for us, what we're seeing right now is their renewal rates for first-time members are trending well above pre-COVID levels. And so that's highlighting very strong loyalty and also uh, Costco's value proposition, you know, in this kind of inflationary environment that we're in, people are looking to make their dollar stretch a little farther and Costco is Um, definitely a strong value proposition for a lot of those people. Um, They're also typically a price leader, right? Um, But they're not, they're not overly exposed to the lower income consumer, which is, has been squeezed the most. So um, they are taking share there and they've seen a little bit of trade down from people that maybe would shop at more premium stores coming to their brands. But they still kind of benefit from this, uh, this inflationary environment. Um, lastly, we kind of like their executive membership. So they find that executive members um, basically spend, you know, two times as much as, as a regular member, but the penetration there is only about uh, 55% in the U.S. and Canada. So there's a lot of room there uh, for them to kind of up that penetration rate and get into these higher spend customers. And we should, we think that should drive the top line over time. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, another name that we like is Motorola Solutions. And I think uh, most people tend to associate this with, you know, the old Razer flip phone. I remember that was my <laughs> first flip phone uh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but <laughs> but they're, they're a different company now. Um, and so what they provide is a lot of the communications equipment for first responders. So that's um, police, firefighters, ambulance, 
um, 911 call centers. And so this is a, a very strong, um, the business has very high barriers to entry. They have, in a lot of cases, you know, these multi-decade relationships with a lot of, uh, in the states, a lot of the state um, governments and local first responders. And they have that in with the local decision makers. And so in a lot of cases, it's very hard to displace Motorola once they've had the business for such a long time. Um, Additionally, as well, I think a lot of Chinese players have attempted to come into the market over the last 10 years or so. But given some of the human rights violations uh, that's going on over there, those players have essentially been banned from the market. So, again, Motorola just becomes an even stronger and more relevant player. Yeah. Um, but as, as we look kind of to the next three to five years, what we really see is a very strong tailwind from a, a lot of the stimulus funding that's come through over the last three years. And so a lot of these um, first responder agencies, um, governments are looking to upgrade their tech that they've, you know, they're, they're, they're working with outdated tech. So there should be a very strong upgrade cycle here. And there's been a lot of demand for some of their software services um, some of their equipment that helps you manage a facility basically by uh, controlling access to doors and things like that. So um, just a very strong software business as well that's higher margin than the, the product side. So we think there's a, a nice balance here of growth and margin upside over time. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I'll tell you how old I am here, Justin. I had a Motorola car phone. <laughs> so <laughs> that brings wow. you back to the that's 1980s, you know, in the car only phone. Yeah, right, right. It. Yeah. <laughs> you got one more for us? Yeah. Um, the last company that uh, we really like right now is called Pulte Group. They're a U.S.-based home builder. Um, and these guys are an example of an extremely well-managed company. So normally they do build-to-order homes, which means... You go in, you pick all the specs that you want, and there is about a, anywhere from a three to nine month uh, kind of build process cycle time. Um, but what we've seen with higher interest rates is there's actually a lot of demand from first time home buyers for homes that they can move in quickly. Uh, they want to get ahead of these these rates that are going up, and so there's been strong demand for houses that are available, you know, right now. Yeah. And Pulte's actually changed their strategy over the last two years, and they've really gone in in what are called these speculative homes, where they basically just build and and hope the demand is there in the market. And so they've really been able to capture that quite well. But um, to the point of being well managed, I mean, they are very on top of their pricing. They've got uh, you know pricing software that really gets down to the local market level. And so they've been able to maintain their margins uh, and keep those very strong. They still have that built to order business that caters to um, maybe some of the less price sensitive type consumers. So the the people that are looking to move up, uh, you know, upsize their homes, they have growing families, or some of the older uh, adults that are maybe looking to retire and, and change as well. So we think they've got a, a nice balance mix there between some of the, the less margin sensitive customers and then the, the you know, really strong demand buyers who are looking to come in and buy up their spec homes. And so we've seen really strong results from them. And we think uh, over the long term, there still is a huge shortage of um, housing in the U.S. And so, you know, these guys can continue to benefit from that over the long term. And we think uh, they're one of the, the most well-managed players in the space. That's th- three great ideas there, Justin. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. And, no uh, problem. Yeah, and we wish you all the success with the Caldwell U.S. Dividend Advantage Fund. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, you take care.
Okay, that was our buddy, Justin Elliott. He's a portfolio manager with Caldwell Investments. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Caldwell Investments. Well, that's all the time that we have for today's shows. Don't forget to call Dominique to get a copy of you know, our our income map and our retirement 4Ms so that you need to get that for your retirement. Make sure you call for that. We also have the notes from our estate planning uh, workshop that we had last week with uh, our uh, trust advisor, Manish Gosrani. Uh, if you'd like to get information, if you're interested in, um, you know, wills, probate, powers of attorney, uh, choosing an executor, all that information is in that the workshop that we did. You can get that. And you can always go to our website to get information, too. It's www.primetimemoney.ca. And I know that we'll be posting the information that um, on the Caldwell U.S. Dividend Advantage Fund what gets posted there. It's called In the Money section. So any of these uh, uh, investments or topics that we talk about with our guest speakers, we post them in there. So if you'd like to follow up and get some more information, it's always followed up in there. And I have another item that you may be interested in. I, um, twice a week, I send out what's called Richard's Notes. And in my notes, what I do is I go through all kinds of research. So I get research from all over the United States. And I used to work for Merrill Lynch. So I get Merrill Lynch's research, J.P. Morgan, um, Morgan Stanley, all of their research. And I have all these companies that provide research for us. And I do like a Cole's Notes. And each week I send that out twice a week. So if you'd like to get on that list, um, it's very important if you want to keep up with the markets. If you like to get it, it's free. All you got to do is email Dominique and just email her your uh, email address and she'll put you on the list and you'll start getting those uh, publications. So it's been tremendous. Some of the research that we provided, like we had the tech rally starting in December. We sent that information out and uh, posted all the details of why you should get involved with tech back in December. So you'd be up 20 or 30% now if you had some of those companies in there. And then we, in the last couple of weeks, we talked about an industrials rally and you're seeing some of those companies do well. Um, so, and where you can get the best interest rates. So. Dominique, 1-866-891-2637 for all that information. And we'll see you back here all next week at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Prime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.